taking names and kicking butts. This is Head Kicks and Haymakers. Good morning, Fight Fans. Welcome to another great episode of uh, Head Kicks and Haymakers. Wow, I mean, uh, UFC 279, it wasn't the card that we thought it was going to be. All the crazy changes that happened on Thursday and Friday. If you missed any of that stuff, uh, please check out our post show that we did yesterday because we covered the wildest 24 hours in UFC MMA history for sure. That went down yesterday morning, but then uh, last night, of course, it went down. UFC 279. The boys are back with me. My main man, Craig with a K, always joining me. And Mr. Smoking Amigo, Kenneth Miller, back again, boys. Wow, UFC 279. I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it because all the craziness that happened beforehand, the fights pretty darn good let's get into it i mean the gods i i realized last night we kenny mentioned the gods should have to come after hamsat machamayev you know what the gods did they looked out for the true gangster in the game nate diaz all week they said nate nate the devil dana is trying to screw you over we're not gonna let that happen we're not gonna let it happen nate we're gonna shine down on the truest gangster in this game and they're the ones that messed up the car. They're the ones that gave Chimaya so-called cramps or sent that doctor at 4 a.m. a couple hours right before he's supposed to uh, weigh in. It doesn't matter, though. And then we're going to give you Tony Ferguson. We're going to give the fans what they want. The fight gods shine down, parted the skies, shine down on us. And they gave Nate Diaz a show. Tony gave us a show, looked at parts like, Old old school Tony, not old Tony. But in the end, it was Nate Diaz's night. Uh, taps out Tony in the fourth round. What an incredible uh, scene. Nate got emotional at the end. I mean, how uh, talking about leaving the UFC, uh, you know, has a love-hate relationship, which I think nothing new. Talked about going other places. Kenny, initial thoughts. On the true gangster last night, Nate Diaz uh, and Tony Ferguson. It was uh, it was good to see Tony kind of look at least some shades of his old self. Um, we kind of talked on the pre-show. We didn't really know what he was going to look like at 170. Uh, Craig brings up every time somebody moves weight classes, he always gets a little bit worried about him. And I was kind of worried about Tony in the same way. Um, it was good to kind of see him look like shades of his old self, but I'm glad that uh, everything kind of went the way it did. I'm glad that Nate went out with the win. Um, like we kind of said yesterday, drag his ass out in deep water and then get the finish. And that's exactly what happened. Um, we kind of, we kind of seen that one coming, not necessarily as a knock to Tony, just, I mean, we know who Nate is. Like we said, everybody Nate fights is a fight for a title. And that says something when you're an unranked guy for the last 17 and a half years, whatever it's been, that he's been fighting in the UFC. Uh, but definitely man, happy for Nate. Glad he got to go out and give Dana the double birds on the way out. Anytime you can do that, the way kind of, like you said, the UFC tried to punk him on this card. Anytime you can give him the birds on the way out, you're doing all right. Yeah, uh, Craig, I mean, I thought Tony was going to win there in the third. He was chopping that tree down. 
hurt Nate, and I thought he got kind of caught into the uh, Diaz mind games. Diaz uh, walked around shaking his head. I was like, man, he going to quit in the middle of the fight. Just say, you know what, Dana? Screw your championship rounds. But, uh, I mean, Tony got kind of got caught there in, in that in Diaz games. What was your kind of thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, it was – I almost uh, texted in the group, like, because we're in the fourth round, and has the fight even started yet? Because Diaz's face wasn't bleeding. Um, Tony was just chopping him down at the legs, man, and that was something you don't really see people do to Nate. So it was kind of interesting to see how long, you know, he was going to make it through it. But, yeah, I mean – Nate being Nate in there, you know, playing games, um, getting in your head, almost making you feel like all the work you're doing is just not getting to him, you know. And I feel like that sometimes is something that Nate does that kind of demoralizes the opponent a little bit in those late rounds. But it was good to see Tony, man, look good. If it, if it was against anybody but Nate, I would have been behind Tony, man. Like, he came out looking good, came out looking fresh and ready. Didn't look like the, uh, you know, the meme – kind of stuck with him there. Um, I felt like Tony looked good, but I was glad Nate won, man. Um, I mean, that's the ending that we wanted to see. I feel like we didn't want to see him in there getting pounded up by Chemaev um, and going out like that. You know, seeing Nate win by submission was just – it was something kind of old school, man. It's something that we've seen plenty of times before, and I felt like it was a good way for Nate to go out. So I was I was happy with it. Um, at the end of the day, it's a, this is an entertainment game, man, and I feel like Dana pulled it off, and we had a pretty entertaining card. Kitty, this this had kind of shades to me of uh, Nick Diaz versus Silva, especially in that third round where Nate's shaking his head, he's leaning up against the fence. How can why is why don't people just bum rush Nate when he's doing these things? Are they just getting caught up into these these games that the Diaz boys love to play? Ask Leon Edwards why you don't bum rush a Diaz boy whenever they're playing games with you. That's exactly what it is. I mean, Nate did the same thing to Leon. He turned his back on him a bunch of times. He acted like he was only halfway in the fight, acted like he didn't want to be there. And then he turned it on and about knocked him out. I mean, you know what you're getting out of the Diaz boys. You know you're going to get some antics. You know you're going to get some gimmicks in there. They're going to do some stuff to get the crowd riled up. They're going to do some stuff to piss the crowd off. But if you get close enough, they're also going to try to put one on your chin. So I do think it – I mean, if you bum rush him, I mean, Nate's got long-ass arms. You're going to take one. You know, and he showed Connor. He showed Leon. He's got power in them hands still. You know, and I think you guys brought up, uh, did the fight start yet? Because Nate wasn't bleeding. I think Nate kind of knew this eye. How many how many shots does it have before it's bleeding all over the place and the doctor stops it again? So you kind of got to wait before you get in there and really try, try to go for the finish if you're Nate just to make sure that you don't end up getting stopped by the damn doctor again. I think Tony forgot how good uh, a wrestler Nate is. I mean, you know, Craig, you kind of alluded to it. And this, you know, if Hamzat was going to face Nate, Nate could get you in, uh, you know, in any position and to get you to tapped out. And I think Tony forgot about that because the first shoot of the fight was in that fourth round and Tony got him. I mean, Nate got him right in the guillotine. I, yeah, that, I mean, how was that playing out? I mean, you know, Nate, that's, that's, Nate. Is that great? That's one of the reasons you can't bum rush these Diaz boys, man, because I mean, they'll stand and bang with you like some street fighters, but if you get in too close and, and get in a grapple with them, they're some of the, you know, best jujitsu guys of their, of their times, really more, more underrated uh, because everybody thinks of the Diaz boys just being bangers, you know? Well, it's because they're both dogs. I mean, that's exactly what it is. What they, all they want to do is bait you into thinking that you can take them out. They're not, Watch them fight. Not not early, not early Nick and Nate, but late Nick and Nate. They're not the best technical fighters in the world. They're just dudes that are going to go out there and you cannot finish them. I mean, 
unless Nick quits in between rounds. You know, those things are going to happen. But but you can't finish a Diaz, brother. And that's why whenever they can drag you into a dogfight like that, if you know, he picked Tony apart until Tony had to go for the shot. And as soon as he did, he got choked out. You know, and I think that when you see, kind of like we just said, you know, a little bit ago with the turn in the backs and the antics, all they try to do is bait you into thinking, I'm going to, I have to take this dude out. I'm not going to let him do this stuff to me in front of people. And then you get close enough and you either get knocked out or took out. Yeah, I thought Nate kind of really turned it on after Tony heard him, uh, you know, in the midst of those antics because that's usually how it goes, right? Yeah, because I mean, I thought Nate, Nate was legitimately hurt. Those leg shots, he was chopping that tree down. Uh, Craig, I, I I was worried for for Nate, especially in the late rounds, how much how much left he had in those legs. But it seemed to like he could shake it out. But I mean, a few more, your body's just gonna go. We've seen it uh, in a lot of fights. Right. At some point, I mean the. The will, all the will you have in your heart and all the will you have in your brain, your leg, I mean, doesn't keep it forever, you know. So at some point, you, you got to think that that was going to take take its toll on Nate. Um, but credit to Nate, man, because Tony's not a Tony's not an easy guy to submit. We've seen Tony in some pretty bad spots and he always kind of has gotten out of a lot of them. Um, Tony's been a guy you kind of got to hit on the chin. Um, so, again, that just kind of shows you how good Nate is down on the ground. Yeah, both guys took some shots. I mean, Tony looked like he was wearing the brunt of it, uh, both eyes. I mean, we can go ahead and let's get into kind of what's next for both of these. Tony, you kind of hoped, I was hoping maybe Tony would lay the gloves down in the middle of the octagon, go on out on a high note. You battled with Nate Diaz, but that's five straight losses for for Tony. But let's not, let's not look at it. I mean, it's five straight losses, but hey, if you fought the five guys that Tony, D, uh, Tony, Tony Ferguson has fought, you know, all the way back from Jake Gaethje to Charles Oliveira to Benil Derouche to uh, I'm missing the last guy. He uh, oh Michael Chandler and then and now Nate Diaz. I mean, how many guys are going to have a winning record in that in that five stretch here? So I mean, you got to give Tony a little credit, but at the same time, I was kind of hoping he put the gloves down and call it a career. What's what's your kind of boys' thoughts? We'll start with Tony here first, and then we'll go. But we'll circle back to Nate. Kenny, what's your thoughts on Tony? Um, I mean, nobody wants to go out on a loss. Uh, you kind of heard the way he was talking this week. He doesn't necessarily think he's done. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what we think. Um, it kind of just depends on what he thinks, whether he wants to get back in the gym and try to get out there and get another fight. Uh, you got to think he's going to want a retirement fight that he can win, um, especially considering. I mean, essentially, he really did Nate a favor in this one. Um, he did Dana a big favor by making sure the card stayed good, by giving Nate a good retirement fight. I think Tony kind of deserves that as well. Uh, when he won the interim belt, man, he was really in a prime position, not necessarily to beat Khabib, but to compete with Khabib. And he never really got that opportunity. And I think just the, kind of the way things went but since then, we talked on the pre-show, he was never really able to let that go. Um, but when you find a who's who after that, I mean, if you come out on top of the winning record in that, you might be the GOAT. So... <laughs> I think when you really look at it, I mean, Tony's still got enough left in the tank. He was able to show last night that that he does have shades of his old self in there. You got to think he's only got one more, though, right? The next one's got to be the retirement fight. You can't think he's just going to keep going out there. At some point, he's going to be fighting dudes that we've never heard of if you keep taking losses. And that's not good. It's not good for Tony, not good for the UFC, not good for Tony's fans. Uh, so give him one more. Let's give him somebody he can. I don't want to say, don't give him a, a cakewalk. You know, you can't do that. That's disrespectful, too. But. Don't give him a Jim Miller type guy like you gave Cowboy on the way out. That was kind of uh, or like you try to give Nate Chemaev on the way out. Don't do him like that. But let's get him a fight that he can at least compete and try to go get a W on the way out. 
uh, Craig, uh, he was supposed to fight uh, the Leech on this card, his day 170 debut. I mean, do you, Craig, do you think maybe run it back with uh, the Leech and give him give him that fight? Um, possibly. Um, to me, I mean, and I said it yesterday in the, in the pre-show, this was the perfect fight. And then even at the end of the fight, man, it just had the feeling like this was the perfect fight for Tony and Nate to just kind of hang it up together. Much respect for both of them, the way the fight played out. Um, it's just a spot now for Tony. Um, kind of like Kenny said, man, you want to see Tony go out on a high note. You don't want to see him go out against, you know, one of these young and up and coming dudes that might put it on him. But who else do you give Tony at this point? You know, it'd be nice to give him a name, kind of how Nate got got a guy like Tony on the way out, the way things unfolded. It'd be nice for Tony to get a situation like that, but there's just really not one out there for him. So, um I wouldn't mind seeing him and Leach. Um, I mean, we'll get into the Leach fight here in a little bit and how I got robbed out of bringing the belt back to me. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Leach get a, get a good fight. Um, and like I said, I feel like Tony showed a little bit of his old self. He came out looking fresh. I was worried if that Michael Chandler, I mean, we see KOs like that. I mean, guys not come back come back out fighting the same and Tony looks like that wasn't sticking with him too much. So, I mean, I don't think Tony's done the way he's been talking the way that he looked, but I just don't know what, uh, I feel like there's not a perfect scenario out there for Tony. Um, but that fight, that fight would be all right for Leach. I think I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, Kenny, I mean, it's, it's Tony staying at 170 here, right? Like it's not, he's 155 days are over. I mean, Who the hell knows? I mean, he doesn't have a problem making 155. He didn't move up because he can't make weight. Yeah. Some of these guys have to move up because they struggle getting down. He has no problem making 155. There was just not – there wasn't a road to contention for him at 155. He's going to find out there's probably not at 170 either. Um, when you move up and you're going to be one of the smaller guys in the weight class that you're going to be fighting, especially if you're going to demand that you fight a ranked guy, that means you're going to be fighting a bad dude at 170. Uh, he's going to find out that there's not really a path to contention there for him either. It's hard to find a fight for him, man. Like, I think if you ran it with him and Leach, I think that might be a best-case scenario for Tony. I still think he probably loses that fight. I would have picked him to lose that fight last night. But really, you look at that 10 to 15 range, Rachmanov's going to kill him. Oh, it's Michael not- Michael Pereira's going to kill him. Michael Chiesa is hurt. Neil Magny probably going to kill him. I would I wouldn't mind seeing him and Michael Chiesa, two veterans. I would love that if you can if, get Chiesa healthy. He's had that back injury since last summer, and he ain't fought in over a year. That's honestly the perfect fight for Tony if if Kiesen can get in there because because he is coming off injuries he is a little older that's a fight Tony can go out there and try to win against the name that people at least know uh, it's just whether or not he can get in there but besides really besides Kiesa running back with Leach man it's impossible to find a fight down there that, with a ranked guy that Tony's going to be able to win I think yeah I I mean to me like you said he didn't it's not like he struggles making weight. Cause he, he looked the same to me. It's not like, you know, when Kevin Holland is fighting at 170, you're like, man, he just looks so much taller and stronger than these 170 pound guys are, you know, wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather see Tony fight a Dan hooker type than the leech? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's moving back down to 155, but like, that's the kind of fight that I want to see Tony take on this last one. Don't go fight the leech, man. The leech, he's good enough on the ground that you don't really want to go there. He's damn sure good enough standing up. You don't really want to stay there. Like, Go fight Dan Hooker and just brawl it out for your last one and go out and put on a fight of the night, get that check, and, and ride off in the sunset that way. I like that a lot more. Uh, I don't know if he wants to go back down to 155, but I do like that a lot more than fighting anybody at 170 for him. 
Yeah, and we'll get into we'll get into the Leach and D Rod situation too because I mean D Rod's a guy that I think t- him and Tony could put on a, a decent show even though D Rod's not ranked. Yeah, but t- D Rod's two and a half times the size, man. That's what I mean. Tony don't want that fight. Like D Rod's a big one eighty five or one seventy, or he don't want that fight. Yeah, th- and that's the thing is like uh, Tony looks. I mean, he was he's just small and skinny. Like right. he didn't cut weight to make one seventy. He just yeah. walked in and got on a scale. You know what I mean? Like that's. You're fighting dudes at 170 that are walking in at 190 on fight day. And that's just a whole, especially D-Rod. So, Craig, I mean, we saw Nate Diaz. I uh, didn't put the gloves down in the in the ring, but it was like, yo, I'm out this, you know, for uh, for better reasons. I'm going to show everybody that you can be great in two sports. Uh, you know, what, what sport was he talking about? Was he talking about basket weaving, underwater basket weaving? Nate going to be the greatest underwater basket weaving? Or was he talking about something else? Because, I mean, I believe if Nate, if Nate Diaz puts his mind to it, he's going to be a true gangster in any sport he does. Uh, but uh, what was he talking about here? Well, I mean, it's Nate Diaz, man. The only thing he could be talking about is fighting. Um, so if he's not fighting UFC, he's fighting somewhere because uh, that's all that guy knows. Um, he's got to be going to make some boxing money, right? I mean, you got to think Jake Paul money's out there. Uh, Floyd Mayweather money's out there. Uh, there's been talks about Canelo trying to do some big pay-per-views with some of these UFC guys. Um, I mean, so that's what it's got to be. Now, Nate has said before, you know, like th- th- this is the end of his contract and he wants out. He's got other shit to do, but he's also said that he'll be back. Um, him and Connor both have said that that trilogy is going to happen at some point down the road. So I think it's just one of those things, um, you know, Nate's got some money to make, man. There's money to be made out there and he's seeing guys do it. And Nate knows he can stand in there and throw hands with some of these boxers. So, I mean, that, that's got to be where he's going. Um, and then there's also been talk about Nate doing his own fight promotion um, uh, with his fight team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll see Nate in the, in the octagon again, but we're going to see him uh, go make some boxing money for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kenny, UFC paid out, Nate. Uh, he said, I lost track how much money they gave me uh, in the in these contract negotiations. But uh, he stayed on, got the money. But like Craig alluded to, I mean, there's a lot of big money fights. Uh, Jake Paul, I think, kind of is that big fight. Or Floyd. Are you interested in seeing Nate fight either one of those two? Or do you got some, you know, somebody else in mind? I'm always interested to see Nate Diaz fight. I don't care if he's fighting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a snowstorm. I'm going to watch him fight that peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a snowstorm. That's just Nate Diaz, an entertaining guy. You got to think Jake Paul's one of the, the names that are up there. They were kind of talking about that since last summer, that Nate was wanting that fight, and Dana wouldn't let it happen. I think Jake kind of wanted that fight. So you got to think that's kind of the one. Um, I threw Floyd's name out in group just because why would you say Connor's name in the octagon if you're not going to go try to do the same thing he did and then show that you're better at it than him? And you got to think that Floyd will take that fight too. Uh, he'll take any fight against any, but number one, he's going to win that fight. And number two, he's going to make a lot of money in that fight. So you got to think that Floyd will take that fight too. He's definitely going to be boxing. Uh, the only reason I say that is because he said different sport and he's doing that real fight ink uh, fight promotion, but that's not a different sport. So I don't think that that's kind of what he was alluding to. Um, basket weaving, man, that'd be something. If we can get him on, on the QLC home shopping network or whatever the hell it's called anymore, uh, selling some baskets. I think we'd, we'd kind of be okay with that. Maybe it's uh competitive cannabis growing who knows what it is with nate hey you know i uh man i just i just whipped this basket up man and uh you know it's it's dope man it's what happened to that basket oh well that basket was talking shit so i slapped that basket around i gave i called this the stockton the stockton basket man you know it's just it is it is what it is (laughs) 
And he was selling. Hey, hey. If Nate was selling basket weaving, he would sell a million because he he'll sell you himself and his product with conviction. And you're like, well, I mean, as long as he can get through a sense about what the product is with actually <laughs> using English words, I think we might be able to sell some stuff here. And you're just like, hey, he, he has like, army baskets. Yeah. They, there's going to be a lot of them sold. <laughs> Hey, I don't know what he just said, but I believe that man. That's that's exactly how he goes. Humming, 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 baskets. I'll take one. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. Hey, it could be the worst basket ever, but you be like, hey, that guy. I believe him. You see, him does this basket there. hold water? No. Does this basket hold plants? No. Does this basket hold candy? No. What's it good for? Nate Diaz made it. I'll take one. <laughs> yeah. And it, Nate will sell it to you with conviction and tell you it's the best thing, best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> Nate said you're getting a Stockton slap if you don't buy one. All right, I'll take ten. Right. Hey, two stocks and slaps if you don't buy two. <laughs> I mean, you guys are kind of right. I, I don't I don't know if I'm really I mean, I would be interested in the Jake Paul. Jake Paul's getting ready to fight Anderson Silva uh in October in next month, I believe. So that'll be kind of interesting. And then if he fights Nate Diaz, uh, that's he kind of went through the the legend status of Silva and Diaz if he, you know, in the this MMA versus boxing. And we're gonna learn a lot about Jake Paul. Yeah. Especially uh, if he fights both of them. We're gonna learn a lot about Jake Paul. Yo, Craig, you alluded to his, and you guys both alluded to his fight hard. Is it fight hard? Real fight hard? Real, real fight ink is what I saw. Real, real fight ink. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, real fight ink. Craig, you alluded to that. That he's starting that promotion. So when he goes and fights those guys, he can do that under his own banner, and that just makes more money for him. You know, like it's not. It's going to be a co-promotion. He ain't going to sign on with another promotion outside the UFC where they they dictate things. No, you saw that last night in the post uh, when he was in the on the mic with Joe. He said, I'm going to go do some stuff in another sport, then come back and try to win a UFC title, but I will be back. I think we kind of talked about that a few weeks back, like how much money would PFL or Bellator or some of these other promotions throw at Nate. And based off what he says about how much money Dana threw at him, I don't think money's the thing. I think he wants a little bit of freedom for a little bit, kind of like Francis wanted, go do his own thing for a little bit. But he knows the UFC is where it's at, and he knows that the UFC belt's the only one that matters. I don't know if he really makes a run when he does come back, but I do think... I mean, you guys have both said that Nate will be in the octagon again, and it will be in the UFC. It won't be in anybody else's cage. Yeah, Craig, he's kind of always alluded to that UFC's got the best fighters. I mean, what 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 do you give the chances of seeing Nate Diaz back in a UFC octagon? Uh, we'll say uh, under a year, 13 months. Let's just say 13 months, a year and a half maybe. So you're setting the over under 11 and a half basically is what we're saying. It's going to take him a year less. Yeah, yeah. To come back. Yeah. I'm, I'll take, I'm, I'm going to take the over. I think he's he gone for more than a year. Yeah, I think 18 months to 24 months. I think year and a half to two years is probably more likely. Just because if he is going to fight multiple times away from the UFC, it's going to take a little bit of time in there. Now, the boxing and matches I, won't take think, as much out of him, but he will need a little bit of time in there. And I think when Nate comes back, he uh, when he comes back to fight in the UFC, it's going to be for the for the Connor trilogy. And um, who knows when we're going to see Connor back? And I think Connor's going to get a fight in between then, while Nate's out doing his thing. So I think I think we're definitely looking at over a year before we see Diaz back. He has to. I mean, Connor's still he's still in that path to contention. He lost, you know, he got hurt against Poirier, and and he took that loss against Poirier. But he's still just two wins away. I mean, he's Connor McGregor. Two. If he gets two wins, he's fighting for the belt. He's so you got it. No, it's Conor McGregor. It's yeah, hey, Charles Oliveira says he's, he's no wins away. Oliveira says he'll fight him tomorrow. So I mean, really, Conor McGregor. Who knows when he's fighting for a belt? But you know he's going to fight for one. And then so no that's probably what, what Nate means by coming back for a title fight. You know what I mean? Well, you got to think too that Nate will take a little bit of time away and kind of make sure the game misses him too. 
You know, I think when Nate's gone and he kind of looks up, when he comes back in a year and a half, he's going to say the UFC ain't got no gangsters left since I left, so I'm coming back. And he's got to – you have to give some time to be able to say that. You know what I mean? Nate will tell you that today. <laughs> well, right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you can say it today, but there's also 10 dudes that will line up behind him and say, wait, 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 I'm the gangster. Where if you give it a year, you may look up and say, I told y'all there wasn't no gangsters left. Yeah, I, if Craig, who if he does come back, I mean, you kind of alluded to the Connor being it. Uh, it I think if Connor, if Connor somehow, I don't see Connor ever getting uh, his title day reigns are over. I believe, hundred percent, I'd put money on that. But I mean, if Connor somehow got the title belt, I mean, Nate, him and Nate, right? Is that the the matchup you would want to see in his first fight back in the octagon? Yeah, I mean, I think it's whether there's a title, whether there's no title. If Connor comes out, you know, and they give him, you know, somebody in the top five and he loses that fight and everybody knows and Connor realizes, you know, that he's not going to fight for a belt again. I still think the fight's Nate Diaz. I mean, that the trilogy, I mean, Nate Diaz was the one, you know, that took down the notorious Connor McGregor. And uh, so I feel like that trilogy, no matter what, at some point, they're going to they're going to market that and make and make that happen. Um, I'm kind of with you. I don't think Connor's going to be holding a belt um, whenever that happens, uh, but we'll see. There's 0% chance he's holding a belt when it happens because if Connor's holding a belt, it's a 155 belt, and Nate will never fight for that. The sad thing is, is like if they do that trilogy, it'll be almost like it's almost dang near 10 years. Like when was it 2017? It's not even a trilogy. They're both in brand in whole new careers. <laughs> right. It's all over. Sorry. Connor McGregor's be- on his third comeback since then. They're going to be flashing back from 2017, and, you know, it's going to be hard. I, I, those two fighters are always sell due to, you know, the extremers, but even, like, these younger guys, younger fans, are they going to know at that point, like, what happened in this storyline between Nate and Connor and all that? I mean, I know the USC will flash out some video package and get us all to, you know, be like, oh, shoot, way back in 2017. Well, the, the USC will remind you. It will yeah. let you know. I mean, th- this fight with Nate Diaz, I mean, they're showing – you know, 70% of the hype video is Nate Diaz from 10 years ago or more, you know? Hey, part of the hype video was him having that dude in the triangle on the tough finale giving him the birds. That was 75 years ago. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> so let's get into the co-main. Uh, the co-main kind of went, I think, ex- exactly how we all kind of expected it. Poor Kevin Holland takes the Humsop fight uh, on a day's notice and just got absolute ragdolled. Um now, the, the, there's a little controversy because it looked like Hamzat faked touching gloves to me. And he at the presser, he said, I didn't try to do that. But it, Kevin Holland went went to touch gloves. And then that's when Hamzat shot. And then it was just kind of over after that. Uh, Hamzat just went out the gate like a Red Bull. I mean, he wasn't going to be able to do that against Nate Diaz. I, I 100% believe that. And, you know, I think it, it would have lasted a lot longer with Nate Diaz. But poor Kevin Holland took the fight. What's your kind of thoughts here, Craig, on the co-main? Yeah, um, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to see it on the feet uh, for a little bit, um, you know, because I, I wanted to see Kevin Holland and Chemayev, you know, kind of give us a little bit of that Chemayev and Burns. I wanted to see Chemayev stand up for a little bit, but, I mean, you could tell Chemayev, I mean, he knew the game plan from the moment it started. He knew this guy can't wrestle with me. I'm going to get him onto the ground, and I'm going to win the fight. And, um I mean, like I said in group last night, just straight ragdolled him the entire fight. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to it. Kevin Holland, like you said, man, poor guy, man. I mean, he took, I mean, the hardest opponent here on the card, short notice um, and stylistic. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible matchup for him. 
But yeah, I was kind of sad that it didn't get to uh, we didn't get to see it on the feet a little bit more. Um, credit to Chemaev. I mean, like you said, I don't think he could have done that with Nate because Nate's too dangerous um, on the ground. Where Kevin Holland, I just think Chemaev knew going into it, this guy this guy has nothing. He can't compete with me down here, so that's why I'm going to get him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you even heard Nate Diaz saying his at the end of his press conference, man. Like the only difference was my entire camp was wrestling camp. Um, I didn't box at all because you know what Chamayev's bringing. Chamayev's going to try to wrestle with you. Um, and Kevin Holland, I mean, poor guy just didn't stand a chance. Kenny, I thought uh, we didn't really see, like, you know, what's kind of – for Hamza, like, we didn't see the, any progression. Like, this is exactly the fight we thought. We've seen Hamza just dominate guys in the first round. Like, I, the Burns fight, we we got to learn a lot about him, right? Like, how, how can he take a hit? Can he go into the deeper rounds, into the – you know, he went to three rounds with Gilbert Burns. Didn't have to, you know, but, you know, this fight just straight emptied the tank in the first round. Had, and Kevin Holland just got ragdolled, uh, thrown around like a little child. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to see some progression from Hamzat just to learn more about him and, you know, get some of these questions that we had answered from the Burns fight that I don't even know if Diaz would have been able to answer those. Probably a lot more than Kevin Holland was. But what's your kind of thoughts here on the co-main? Uh, it's hard. I mean, definitely no progression. And you're never going to get progression whenever you give Chamayev somebody that can't wrestle. We saw this with the three fights that he fought, building up all that hype to try to go out and try to uh, get that Burns fight. And then what we saw in the Burns fight was if he can't take a dude to the ground, he ain't much. That's not a shot at Chamayev. That's just his stand-up just ain't much. If he would have stood up with Kevin Holland for three rounds, probably wouldn't have made it to the end of those three rounds. Um, and I think that if he fought Nate for five rounds, he probably he's going to get to the end of them five rounds, but he's going to have to earn every single one of them 25 minutes in a way that he didn't really have to against anybody else. Uh, so <clears throat> definitely no progression. Um, and it just kind of sucks too, because, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fight guy guy. I'm big on, on fight God justice and to turn around and have Usman or have Chamayev end up fighting Kevin Holland, which is basically a guaranteed win for him. I mean, even though the odds were cut in half, I still, you, I felt better about him fighting Kevin Holland than I ever did about him fighting Nate Diaz. And, you know, the odds, like I said, the odds are cut in half. So, I just, I hope what's next for Chemayev. We, are we on what's next yet? Uh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. But I hope what's next for Chemayev, and I never thought I would say this my whole entire life. I hope that Dana says, listen, you are not going to fight for the 170 belt yet. There's other fights in front of you. But we got this nice fight at 185 for you. Your name is Paulo Costa. <laughs> you guys had some some issues in the gym. Y'all been talking some shit on Twitter. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's a dude that you can absolutely take down because he's a striker. But can you? Can you actually get in there and take down a dude who's going to weigh 200 pounds on fight night? Let's find out because I think that's fight God justice. Yeah, I mean, Craig, uh, Humsak kind of said he he's sticking right where he, weight cat is at. He thinks he can make the 170. And he's in between weights. How are you going to stick on an in-between weight? There ain't no catch weight belt comes out. You know what I mean? And then and then go one eighty five. Then he's talking probably going to you know uh, two oh five. So he right. That he, he wants to be king champ. Yeah, you alluded to that yesterday. Uh, you know, kind of what's your thoughts here? Uh, like, who, what's next for Hamza here, and kind of what's next for for Kevin Holland? So he said he said that he could have made weight on this fight if the doctors didn't tell him to stop cutting um, and tell him that he needed to hydrate and drink water, but. I'm kind of with Kenny. If he can't make the weight, man, give him Paulo Costa. That that storyline's building a little bit. And I I like what I saw out of Paulo last time out. Um, I mean, 
if he's going to be able to make the weight cut, give him Colby Covington, man. That's the fight that I want to see in in that in that division um, because Colby can bang, Colby can wrestle, Colby. I feel like Colby is a better, way better version of Gilbert Burns, and he's gonna. That's gonna be the fight where we'll actually see what Chimaev is. Um, damn sure don't give him a title shot. Uh, like I said yesterday, man, as good as he looked, I hope he got no bonuses um, off of that card. But, yeah, if he can't make the weight um, at 185, I love the Paulo Costa fight. Um, I mean, like you said, they're, they're, they're building a little bit of beef, and Paulo's a guy. Paulo's a guy that's had trouble, you know, making weight in the past too. So he's another guy that uh, you're not just going to get in there and ragdoll him the way that he did Kevin Holland. So, if he can't make the the weight to fight Colby Covington, um, Paulo Costa would be a good fight. I think Dana should make him do it. That's my that's my only point in the whole deal. It's like you've shown at the championship level, a top five fight is a championship level. They said before this fight that if you beat Nate Diaz in decisive fashion, that's a title shot, right? So if you're that's a championship level fight that you did that you were eight and a half pounds over for. That's a belt fight. You don't get that extra pound. You're eight and a half pounds overweight. For a championship level fight, just strictly for punishment alone, Dana should say, "Oh, you want to bounce back and forth? Your next fight's at middleweight." Because what Dana can't have happen is the reason why the weigh-ins have been backstage is because people are almost dying on the scale. If a doctor is telling him ten pounds away from one seventy, you can't healthily make this cut, then bro, you can't cut to one seventy. Well, and after I have go out there and die on a freaking scale trying to make a weight class that he doesn't belong in. And if you're Dana and you just had to go through this entire, I mean, as Dana White called it, this huge shit show because of Chamayev missing weight, are you going to put, you know, are you going to put all your eggs into him making weight to go fight Colby uh, Covington on the even, next card? Even you know more than that. Uh, we, what did we just go through with Oliveira? Oliveira's a true right. champion, got on the scale and missed weight. Now there's a vacant belt out there. Nine you got a pounds. bunch of people saying it's theirs. And are you really going to let Chamayev go out there and maybe beat Leon? And then now we have him miss weight against Usman or something stupid like that? You can't have champs missing weight. Either Usman has to be more, or Chamayev has to be more professional, or Dana's got to say, "Hey, go fight two fights in middleweight, bitch." That's just no matter what, one of those two two things has to happen. Yeah, I mean that kind of. So the story, since we didn't break it down yesterday, <clears throat> just because there's so much, uh, but because the fight got switched over, and we kind of alluded to it. Had Hamzat beat Nate, he was probably going to fight for the title. But like, had Nate beat Hamzat at the same time, they could have gave him the bag and told him, "Hey, your next shot could be against Leon." So. Almost Leon wins in this situation because now there's only one true contender for him to fight, and that's and that's the rematch with Usman. Because had Hamza beat Nate, that Hamza could they would have made a case for Hamza, and had Nate beat Hamza, he probably the Usman probably fight was still going to happen first, though. The Usman fight was always going to happen first, but like you said, there's a lot less argument now. Yeah, there's no there's no argument, right? To right. me, like it's it's yeah. Usman. Uh, he's Usman and Leon kind of won help this help this fight here uh, in winning. Because now it's face to face. Then there's not going to be any talk of Hamzat or Nate in the you know fighting for that title. Yeah, I feel like I mean, kind of like you said, that was Usman's fight either way. But if if everything went according to plan, Chamayev could sit back and say, "I got winner." You know what I mean? And now I feel like he, he can't do that. I feel like he's got to go. He's got to go win another fight before that. Yeah. He can and he will, but the hype train's kind of lost a little bit of that steam now. Where before, when he did it, there were going to be fans saying, "Hell yeah, let's see that." Now I think. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm, I think like the majority or anything like that, else like that. I usually think like the minority, but I do think there's going to be a good number of people like me that say you, there's no way you can give this dude any sort of a title shot in his next two fights. 
No, I, I, I like both. If he beats Colby, okay, that's a whole different story. Yeah, I like both of y'all's decisions. Colby, either Colby and Hamza, or even yep. Paulo Costa. Those are the whatever division he chooses. Those are the only two fights I feel like he's at the level where he can take. Yeah, and I mean, how about I'm, if he moved I'm, to middleweight? He, you know, we said it last week. Hey, if you're gonna fight for the title at middleweight, you got to go through Robert Whitaker. You know, let him and you know. Give him and Rob a fight. I'd rather see him fight Paulo Costa just because of the backstage stuff, and that'll be something that. And Rob legitimately makes him one fight away from a title. If you beat Rob, you have to fight for the belt. Just like you beat Colby, you have to fight for the belt. You beat Costa, we can still make you fight Rob afterwards, and then you actually had to earn it. Exactly. And then you know what? I mean, I want to see Chimaev go up there, and I mean, and this is no shot at Rob because – Rob's wrestling's all right, but Rob's a stand-up guy. Um, that's where he picks you apart. I want to see Chimaev. He's ragdolling everybody. Go up there, you know, and if – like, the Paulo Costa's perfect, but if not, like, put him in – see how he can wrestle with Vittori or see how he can just wrestle with some of these bigger guys that wrestle instead of, you know, trying to cut weight and ragdoll all these small dudes. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm in on that. He's been – that's what he's been doing is bullying everybody. Go give him a bully. I, the thing of him and Vittori is, like – if they were to fight, I think everybody would hate both, so the UFC wouldn't have a face because you have two uh, heels that nobody two likes. Heels. Yeah. Hey, we we picked Vittorio over Costa. <laughs> You'll pick one. You'll pick a heel. Right, right. But who's gonna play the baby face? When I mean, Hamzat's led, led right into this full heel. I mean, full heel. The and credit to him. Mode. Credit to him. He's one of the best heels we've had in a long time. He is living up to every single bit of it. Right. He's 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 playing the part of it, man. He was getting the booze last night. He was getting the booze. He's talking in the cage about how I'll kill all you MFers. I don't care. Line them up. I'll kill them all. I love weapons. All that weird stuff he was saying. He's playing the heel perfectly. Way better. Honestly, I think better than Connor did. Connor just played the shit talker better. But I think Chamaya is playing a way better just straight heel. Connor was a heel, but he was a heel that people got behind because of the trash talking. Because he was so good at it. Uh, it was like a heel, but also like almost like a face. It was like a heel face because he had such a great following. Because a lot he had people got behind him, especially when he was like jumping three weights, taking you know that anytime, any place, uh, fight attitude that'll that's that'll get you a lot of fans behind you because people want to see that. And I'm not saying Hamza because we've seen Hamza kind of do that, but you, he went took like three fights in like five weeks at one time, uh, you know, and now it's kind of backed away. But Craig, I mean, could one of those fights happen? I mean, Hamza took zero damage against Kevin Holland. Do you think you know one of them fights could happen maybe December? Um, I mean, I, th I think Chemayev could be ready for for a fight in December for sure. Um, if they can make it happen, if they can get it lined up that quickly, um, yeah. I mean, like you said, he did, this was another just kind of like an early style Chemayev fight where he just goes out there, finishes it quick, and takes zero damage. Um, so I don't see why he he wouldn't be ready to fight in December. This was Chemayev and Leach all over again, right? Yeah. Remember when Chemayev fought Leach and he carried him over to Dana and slammed him down and said, "Give me a, a new guy." I mean, this was Chamayev and Leach all over again with him in Holland, and we knew that was what it was going to be. Yeah, you guys alluded to it. I mean, Kobe Covington, if he – if I'm Kobe Covington, I probably want Hamza, right? Like, this is how it works in your favor. Hey, we're fighting at 170. If he don't if he don't make weight at 170, you get more money, and then they're going to ask you to either stay on the card and just negotiate like Nate and, and make more money. So if I'm Kobe, I might sign up to fight Hamza in December at 170. If I'm Kobe, I will take that fight yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I don't care. I don't need a camp. I don't need nothing because I've already wrestled with Usman. I can stand up with anybody. Chemayev's already Chemayev's stand up that he showed against Gilbert Burns is not going to beat Kobe Covington. And his wrestling, Kobe Covington is one of the best wrestlers in the division as well. So I think 
and give him that fight because that's another heel heel fight. And I think you're going to see people pick Covington over Chamayev again, just like they did Vittorio over Costa, just like they did. They're going to do with anybody with Chamayev, I think. Yeah, I think Chamayev is kind of the right now. He's the ultimate heel. Um, I mean, Colby Covington's definitely a heel, and that's definitely a heel. Smart, though, he's going to get some big fights off that, man. He's going to get some huge oh, yeah. fights talking shit. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the whole deal about, like, that Colby, Colby Covington has kind of come out and say, you know, it saved his career, basically, whenever he became a heel and started talking all kinds of smack. The UFC was getting ready to let him go. Um, and they told him he was on his last fight. And then he won that fight in Brazil and basically told him they were all, like, stinky animals and started talking all this shit threw his MAGA hat on and became this character, saved his career. So, um, but I think you're right. You know, if those two line up, I think Chamayev is right now, he's the ultimate heel. I think you're going to see a lot of people get behind Colby Covington in that fight. I will. And I can't stand the dude. <laughs> right. I was going to say, I was going to say, I mean, people will be hot to Colby. I mean, which I think Colby's wild. an absolute psycho and I would which pick him over Chamayev a hundred times because I just, I can't stand Chamayev that much. It's the way everything's gone down the last Week man, it's I'm I'm gonna tell you right now if he get if he gets a fight lined up against Kobe or or Costa, I bet he pulls out of it. I'm just, I bet he pulls out of it. Yeah, I uh, that's the the thing, man. When this Chamayev train started taking off, I was like hopping on it, um, and too. I was kind of getting behind this yeah, guy. Yeah. And then this this past week, man, my fandom I have lost a lot of fandom for Chamayev, and I have gained a ton for Leech. Um, I feel like Leech is one of my dudes now after every everything the played out this week, man. I just, that's, that's the guy you can get behind. It's kind of crazy how it can change all on one card, but yeah, I, I lost a lot for Chimaev. Same. So what's next for Kevin Holland? I mean, does the UFC a favor here? They got, I, I feel like to return the favor, they got to give Kevin Holland a, a favorable fight, but a ranked fight. Uh, what about him and wonder boy? I think, I mean, we've, that's the one. About that's that. the only fight there is. That's the only fight there is. Wonder boy already said he wants Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland to fight wonder boy. Two strikers. They both want to fight a striker. Wonder Boy deserves a striker. That's the only fight. I got it written down on my notes. It's the only one in bold. <laughs> Craig, you got any other thoughts for Kevin Holland? I'm big mouth here. Did the UFC nope. favor? I mean, Wonder Boy. That's a great fight. Him and Wonder Boy is a great fight. I definitely think you can't. I mean, Holland can't lose any stock off of what we saw yesterday, even as bad as it looked. Um, like you said, he did UFC a favor. So I feel like they got to, they got to give him a favor. They got to give him a ranked opponent um, in his next match. So, you know, if he can come back out and redeem himself, it means something. And like you said, wonder boy's been out here saying, no, like he's been turning fights down. I want a striker, man. Kevin Holland's that guy, like put them two yep. together. And Kevin Holland didn't take a ton of damage in that fight. I mean, he got tapped out. Um, I don't know if he took, you know, any damage to that, shoulder and, and collarbone area but if not i mean he could be he's another guy that could turn around and fight you know fairly quick we've seen him do it before he fought five times a year ago you know he'll fight quick he don't care yeah so let's get into it craig you alluded to the leech i mean leech's bad week continued uh we kind of talked about the him getting the fresh suit for the press conference learned english for the press conference press conference gets canceled uh, the only guy to fight the guy uh, that weighed 10 pounds over over him uh, the night before the fight. So, it was, I mean, it was probably 20 pounds higher than him last night in the fight. And then, I mean, I'll say it, man. I mean, I, I me and Kenny both picked D-Rob, but I thought the leech got screwed. Uh, I had leech win in that fight. I had it, you know, it was a close technical fight. I, you could tell both guys didn't train for each other. They didn't, you know, were just really kind of sparring it out, but. Uh, I thought the leech won. 
And somehow, some way, uh, Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles gave it to uh, gave it to the Leech. I'm gonna let you talk here, Craig, because you were the le- on the Leech band, wa- the the Leech train. Yeah, man, I uh, I thought Leech won the fight all the way until they said that he didn't. You know, um, it was a close fight. It was a technical fight, and like you said, you could tell um, that these two hadn't really trained for each other because there was a lot of. I mean, almost the whole fight was kind of like a feeling out period. It felt like, um, but I thought, I thought we saw some good things from, from Leach and just the fact, man, the whole time you're watching that fight, you're looking at him like they weighed in 10 pounds different, but they're 30 pounds different. It looked like um, in the octagon, you know, and yeah, man, I mean, you know, um, Rodriguez had more strikes, more significant strikes, not by much. It was very close. Leach had the only takedown in the fight. Um, it was a close fight and I felt like Leach got robbed and with Leach being robbed means I got robbed because if Leach wins that fight, that belt's coming back to me. So now <laughs> I don't know, man, that one stung a little bit, I guess, man. I felt like Leach, just everything we've seen from him all week, he's taken it all in stride. Um, he's, he did the company favors and then the judges don't, don't send no favor back his way at the end. Kitty, I mean, the, that has to be the worst week in MMA history for a single fighter, what happened to the Leech all week. Do you maybe just run this back with him and D-Rod, like give him a full full fight camp and just let them run it back? I mean, I the Leech is I – I hope the Leech – he's like 14, I think, in the welterweight division. I don't want him to say – I don't think he should lose his ranking. Uh, I mean, if he lost his ranking, Jesus, dude, God, I mean. He fought a middleweight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. he fought a middleweight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you maybe just run that back? Because, I mean, him and D-Rod at the right way, at the right, and give both guys a fair camp, or do you got somebody else in mind for the leech? I don't run it back uh, just because stylistically I don't think it's ever going to be a good fight for either one of them. Um, I think even if they had a full camp and they fought again, you would kind of see a lot of what we saw anyway just because what you saw was them being cautious of what the other was good at and what the other is good at is going to stay that way. Uh, The fight I have in mind for Lee is Neil Magny. Uh, they're both coming off a loss now. They're both in that 10 to 15 range. Uh, we see that a lot, and I always like to pick them fights where it's uh, giving me two guys in the 10 to 15 range coming off a loss. One of you guys is going to stay. One of you guys is going to go. And so I like the the Leach and Neil Magny fight. Uh, for D-Rod, I don't really count that win over Leach as a win. I mean, number one, it was kind of a sketchy situation anyway. And then when you add in all the weight situations and everything else that went along with it, uh, but I do think that you give him somebody ranked above him. I like uh, him to go in there and fight Rachmanov. I think uh, where you saw Leach kind of a little bit scared to get inside, he did get that takedown. I don't think Rachmanov's going to be scared at all. Uh, the time frame kind of lines up. Uh, Rachmanov fought, I think, a month ago, a month and a half ago. Uh, so he'll definitely be good by the end of the year. Um, I think that D-Rod would be good by the end of the year as well. Um, he's coming off a win. He didn't take no damage. So um, I like uh, – Lee and Magny is two top uh, 15 guys that are coming off losses and Rachmanov and Rod is two top 15 guys coming off wins. They, they just, they just lost, uh, or he lost to Neil Magny back in uh, March 7th of 2020. So Who's I mean, that? the leech. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So that, but that was the whole point was avenge that loss to stay in the rankings. That was, okay. that's why I wanted to set that fight up. I got you. I got you. I was like, I know they already fought. That's what, yeah. Uh, no, they did. <laughs> Uh, Craig, I mean, you got somebody here for, for the leech and D rod, like what's kind of your, what's next for both of these guys. Hey, you're, you're muted. Be professional. Gosh, damn I'm sorry. Rookie mistake. Um, so for me, I'm on this leech bandwagon and the way 
I mean, he drew the short straw to make all this work for Dana. Um, I feel like, you know, kind of like Kevin Holland, I feel like Dana owes the leech a little something here. Um, next month, we've got that Sean Brady and Bilal Muhammad fight. Give Leach the loser of it. Um, I, I, I'd like to see Leach, you know, still. I'd like to see him fight somebody above him. Um, and then, I mean, the Neil Magny fight, that's not a bad fight either. They're right there in the same range. But I also wouldn't mind, um, you know, if Dero is going to fight in this division, let him fight Neil Magny. Um and to, to kind of get a, a ranked fighter that's had a camp for him. But yeah, man, I, to me, maybe it's just because my heart's with the leech. Now I want to see the leech get a, get a ranked opponent um, above him. Neil Magny's right in that range next to him. I feel like throw the, throw the leech a bone, man. You, you've had him draw the short straw. Um, like I said, that Sean Brady, Bilal Muhammad fight is next month. Uh, so that timeline could almost match up to get them penciled in, you know, early next year. Yeah, I, I like uh, – I was thinking uh, Vincent Luque uh, for, for the Leech. I mean, 10, and, you know, that's that's a good jump for, for the Leech. Luque is coming off, what, two losses in a row. Uh, so I, I'd, like, I'd like to see that fight, you know, uh, give the Leech a, a chance to maybe crack the top 10 against a guy like Luque, and you, you're, you're doing him a huge favor for what everything he just went through this uh, – probably the worst week for an individual in UFC history. I you're mean, doing Luque a favor. Yeah, I mean, it would be a good fight, I think. Uh, <clears throat> Luke is going to try to get you to the ground, you know, but I mean, Leach is okay on the ground. But uh, for D Rod, I'm kind of with you guys. Just give him somebody in that bottom 15. I, him and Neil Magny wouldn't be a good, you know, wouldn't be a bad fight. Uh, Neil Magny, unorthodox striker, would be a little different for D Rod to go in there and have to fight him. Michael Michael Pierre is right there at the at uh, 15. I don't, I don't, he'll, he'll get ate up by Shopcock. Maybe I'm just so high. I'm very high on Shopcock. Can you mentioned, was that who you wanted the leech to fight or D-Rod? No, D-Rod, man. I mean. Oh, he'll get you, destroyed by Shopcock, I believe. Hey, that's, that's the top 10, bro. That's the 170 <laughs> top 10. That's where you want to be. That's who you got to fight. Yeah. You can either fight Rachmanov on your next fight or you can fight Rachmanov on your fight after that if you win. But either way, you got Rachmanov coming up because both you guys is about to be top 10 dudes that are making a run. Yeah, I, I would like uh, him and, but like I said, I'd I'd like him and uh, Neil Magny or somebody like that uh, for D Rod. Let him break into the bottom of the fifteen here um, before he gets into that tough top ten. I feel like you're doing him too many favors giving him Neil Magny. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, the third fight, the late the chick fight here. These lovely ladies, my girl Adanya Adana. I mean, that was a heck of a fight. Almost, I thought outside of the main event was probably the fight on the card uh just due to i had adina winning adanya is it adanya uh winning the first round chess on the second round and then it was close in the third where it looked like chess on when she took adanya down it's like oh that's gonna win her but then out of nowhere uh an up kick to the liver sent chess on to reset i mean curled up in the fetal position crying with her thumb in her mouth crying for mama that's what happened i've never seen anything like that craig i thought I thought Chasson was hurt, like like had pulled a muscle, but a, a direct liver shot just reset her back to factory settings. What was kind of your thoughts there? Yeah, man. Um, like you said, that was a good fight, man. Um, I had it Aldana in the first round, Chasson in the second round, and it was like you said, close in the third round. She got her to the ground, and then it was like 
it was like Moreno and Kai Car France, man. It happened so quick, and then she just crumbled down into the fetal position. It was, I was like, yeah, what happened? You know, did she I, she pull a muscle? She pull a rib? I mean, something you, you didn't really see what happened. I didn't see the kick until they showed it on replay, and that heel got her, man. But uh, yeah, it was that, like you said, the reset button, dude. It was. I thought she was coming in for top position and going to take control of the round. And next thing you know, she's crumbled over in the fetal position and they're, they don't even know, like, you know, is she hurt? Was it fight related? Is the fight over? There was a lot of confusion there for a second. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody really knew what was going on. Yeah. Kitty, I, I was, uh, I didn't know what was going on. You, you picked Chasson to win. It looked like she was about to win. And then, I mean, like I said, she was curled up in a ball like this, just, you know, give her a blanket and she probably would have went to sleep. Like I had never seen anything quite like that from an up kick. It's usually up kicks to the face, but never to the kidney. And I mean, wow. The way you talk about fighters when they lose one of these times, they're going to, you're going to get knock on your door and you are going to get knocked <laughs> the F out. That's the only way this is going to end at some point. Macy Chasson's about to knock on your door, kick you right in the liver and then walk away and say, here's your blanket. <laughs> Hey, hey. No, it's unfortunate, man. Those liver kicks is just part of the game, though. I mean, you've seen them become more of a, you know, 10 years ago, it was like, man, can you believe that they accidentally hit him in the liver? Now you see people throwing them spinning heel kicks. They're aiming right for the liver. The body kicks are going for the liver. They know that's a reset button. If I can get it, you know, I mean, Gon got tied two or three times in the liver, you know, and he buckled over and he was almost done, but Ty's just a different animal and he kept swinging. But, but nine times out of 10, man, them liver kicks, that's it. You hit the full reset, your whole body curls up and that, that's all there is to it. We've seen it happen a bunch now. Um, unfortunate, you know, but at the end of the day, that belt would have been mine if it wasn't for this fight. So here we are. So uh, what do you got next here for uh, both these fighters? Uh, for Macy, man, I think that the biggest thing for her is going to be is she going to have to move up or she going to be able to make that 135 because, you know, she missed weight for this fight. She's a taller fighter. She's a bigger girl. Um, if she stays there, I'd like to see her fight Aspen Ladd. Um, Aldana was kind of a top five opponent. Ladd's going to be a top seven opponent. Um, I think that that kind of works out uh, for both of them. I think that Chase On's definitely earned that top 10 spot um, and to keep fighting top 10 opponents. Um, like you said, without that liver kick, she maybe wins that fight by decision. She probably is up two to one after that, especially because the way that uh, that fight looked like it was going before those up kicks came. Um, so I think the Aspen Lad's probably the best fight there. Aldana's a little harder. You know that usually you, uh, if you're number four and you win a fight, then you're probably going to fight for a belt. Problem is when Nunez and Payne are there, you know you're probably not. Um, she lost the Holly Holm already. So I kind of think you give her Rocky Pennington there at number five and kind of let her – this will be the number one contender fight. One of you two is going to fight for the next one. They both fought her already too. She mm -hmm. fought her already too. I, Craig, I kind of like Kenny's alluding to. I mean, that's – at Aldania, she just – there's not much ahead of her. I mean, maybe run it with uh, Juliana Pena, and that can be Juliana Pena's, you know, comeback fight after losing the title. You got somebody yeah, that's, uh, you two ladies. That's that's where I was gonna go with this one. Um, because Aldana she lost to Holly Holm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, she she beat Vera, who's at two, and they've kind of got the 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 triangle of beating each other up there going on, you know what I mean? And um so yeah, I think if if you're not gonna run Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez right back, which I don't think they will, then I think uh, Juliana Pena and Aldana um, there, at, I guess, for the number one contender fight. Um, I, I would like to see that one. 
Um, Kenny said Aspen Ladd for Chai Son. I like that fight. Um, Aspen Ladd and uh, McCann are fighting a fight night um, here coming up, like a week or two. Yeah. So maybe two, maybe, two, yeah. maybe the uh, maybe the loser of that gets Chai Son. Both of them coming off of losses, you know, and the winner of that's going to probably go up there and fight somebody in the top five. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aldada did beat she she KO'd uh, Vieira, Caitlin Vieira, who was up there. Did lose to Requel Pennington. That was a close split decision, obviously. Uh, I mean, that was in 2019. Maybe she won. And they both lost to home, right? Yeah. Aldana yeah. and Rocky both lost to home. That's why I like them fighting at four and five, just because Holmes there at three. Yeah, Holly Holmes there. But I don't know if Holly Holm is coming back. I mean, who, who knows, knows what weight class she's even in? Yeah. Uh, I do. I Like I said, I, I wouldn't mind her and Juliana Pena kind of fighting for uh, the number one title contender there. Give Pena if she beats her, maybe then at that point, maybe you can you can make a case for run it back with her and uh, Amanda again, you know, just because hey, she's kind of cleaned up that division as well. But if I'm Juliana Pena, I'm on Twitter right now saying uh, Nunez ain't fighting nobody but me. I finished her, she couldn't finish me. I'm getting that trilogy fight. Yeah, it's just a tough sell because of what how that second fight looked like. She didn't she didn't win you know any rounds of that fight. Uh, yeah, but look at hey. Nunez ain't winning any rounds of the first fight either, bro. I think sometimes, I mean, the UFC likes to sit on that trilogy, man, and 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 wait until they almost need to pull that card. You know what I mean? Your pain, you loses another one. You never get that card. The trilogy yeah. fight never happens. I, I but give it to I. I would like her and uh, Aldana both. Both got hands. Both can you know do some things on the ground as well. But big fight. They're gonna brawl. Yeah. yeah, it would be a it would be a good brawling fight. Uh, so let's get into the uh, opener here. Johnny Walker, man, I, I was worried about Johnny early, uh, but then was able to turn it around, was able to uh, choke, <laughs> sorry, was able to choke out Kudabella. Uh, what's kind of next here for, for Johnny, Kenny? Uh, is it back to somebody in the higher rankings? He's been middling around that uh, bottom 15 range for a while. This is his first, I was surprised, his first win in three years. Well, that's because he, had, he ran into a lot of dudes. He fought Tiago Santos in that time. He fought uh, maybe Kraloff, I think it was, in that time. He fought a lot of dudes that he took L's to in that time. So that's kind of one of those uh, just kind of is what it is situations. Once you build some hype, um, not necessarily the same level as Tony, but he ended up almost with the same road as Tony as far as he had to fight a bunch of dudes. It was all in the mix as far as that next up-and-comer type. So it doesn't. it is a little surprising when you hear that just because he's fought in so many fights where – they were promoted a lot. You know the guys' names. Uh, but to not win in three years is wild. Um, big win last night. I think the the fight I like best for Johnny Walker is Paul Craig next. Paul Craig's coming off that loss where we all thought, hey, he's going to go out there and put on a show and show that he belongs. And then he showed that the only thing he belongs with is a bunch of question marks. So I think that you take a guy like Johnny Walker, I don't really think he can go much higher than 10 just because he's shown that he can't really handle that level. He's got whooped by basically everybody he's fought in that top 10 range. So I think that if you go ahead and give him Paul Craig, it's like, hey, this is going to be the gatekeeper. Paul Craig's going to show he can probably be that top 10 gatekeeper type. Give him the chance to break into that top 10. I like uh, I like him fighting Paul Craig next. Yeah, uh, I kind of like that too. Craig, You, what's your thoughts here on uh, Mr. Johnny Walker? Uh, yeah, so that's the exact fight that I had written down too was Paul Craig to me. That makes sense. Johnny Walker has been a guy, um, you know, he he was a young up-and-comer. Then he got into the rankings, started fighting some guys in the top ten, and they just kind of proved, hey, you're not ready for this level yet. You know what I mean? Uh, knocked him back down. I think the uh, Kutalaba fight was the fight to see if he belonged in the rankings. 
Um, and he showed that he did. So you got to give him, you know, a ranked opponent here next. Um, and I think Paul Craig's the perfect one coming off of the loss. Paul Craig's almost in the same territory where it was like, you know, this guy's got the potential to be a top five guy, but then now he's not getting past the top 10 guys. So now we need to see really where you belong. So I feel like Paul Craig, Johnny Walker, both kind of in the same territory there. Um, so that fight makes sense. Yeah, I do, I, I do worry about that fight for Johnny Walker, though. It, it would be a tough fight. Uh, we, I was just getting ready to say, like, Johnny Walker wants to show that he's well-rounded. Well, Paul Craig, go fight go fight Paul Craig and see how good your wrestling is uh, and see how good you are on top because we know Paul how Craig is not well-rounded. He's not scared to tell you he's not well-rounded, and he's still going to try to beat you with it. Yeah, he'll tell you exactly. He'll lay on his back and let you get at him and then try to figure he's out. He's willing to lose a fight laying on his back just to try to bait you into coming into him. Exactly. So, Johnny, go go fight and go see how good you are uh, and fighting Paul Craig. I think we're all three on that uh, Paul Craig versus Johnny Walker fight. Uh, boys, before let's preview next week's uh, main event here. Uh, a banger in the Bantamweight division. Corey Sanhagen makes his return. Uh, it's almost been a year since we've seen Corey Sanhagen fighting uh, a, another killer song. Song Young Dong. I mean, Craig. We've seen Corey Sanhagen fight the best of this Bantamweight division, won some of those fights, lost some of those fights. Last time we saw him, he took a short-notice fight against Peter Yan. But Song Young Dong's an up-and-comer who, who's trying to make it break into that top five here. Uh, you know, who do you like for next week's main event? Yeah, um, like you said, this, this is going to be a good fight. Um, Sanhagen has been out a little bit. Usually um, I'll lean, you know, towards – away from guys that have, you know, I mean, that ring rust is kind of real. Um, but to me, Corey Sanhagen is kind of the top five gatekeeper in that division. And I don't know if Song Yadong is a top five guy in that division. I don't know if he's he's quite at that level yet. Um, so pick-wise, I'm going Corey Sanhagen in this fight. Um, I just, like I said, man, he's kind of that top five gatekeeper, and I just don't know Song – Song's got a lot of talent. Um, he's a young and up and comer, but I just don't know if he's quite there yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Sanhagen to to kind of close the gate on him right now. Kitty, I mean Song Young Dong. I we I think he's I, I got a bright future ahead of him, but I also love Corey Sanhagen as well. The Sandman is I mean he lost a close fight, lost his last two fights, lost a close fight to uh, Dillashaw, and then you know turned around and fought for the belt against Peter Yan, the interim belt. Uh, this is going to be a tough fight. I think this is going to be a, a good fight, though. I'm excited for this fight. Uh, I would have loved to seen it on a pay-per-view, but I'll t definitely take it for five rounds. This is Song's first five-round fight. Lots of proof here uh, for Song in his first main event. Yeah, we're going to find out a lot about Song. Uh, this is easily the toughest test of his career. Um, we're going to find out a lot about Corey as well. Uh, Corey's kind of almost in that Dan Hooker range where he's the long-rangey striker that, that made a lot of noise on the way up. Took a couple losses. Dan Hooker went from four to 11 really quick. And I think Corey's kind of almost in that realm where he loses a really close one to TJ, loses to Peter, and then you turn around it's like, how is he going to come back from two losses? If he loses a song, it, it might be the end of his path to contention um, uh, for Corey. I'm definitely going to pick Corey to win this fight. I say definitely not because I think he wins by a large margin. Uh, I just think that when you're taking those guys that are coming from outside the rankings and they get a true top five test, that, that true top five test usually wins the first round. And it usually takes that second guy that they go and fight where they get to regroup and kind of say, okay, there's levels to this shit. I need to upgrade my levels before I try to go at it again. 
Uh, so I'm going to take Corey just because he knows he's got to have a little more urgency under him than Song. Song's got a lot of career left where Corey's, as far as his contention, like he's kind of already used up a lot of his. And so I think he knows, like, if he's going to make another run at the belt, he's going to have to win this one, the next one, and then hopefully he can get another title shot. Yeah, Corey's about two, like you kind of said, uh, two fights away. Uh, I mean, he has fought the who's who of the Bantamweight division, especially those top-tier guys. He lost, though. He's fought them all, but he's lost. It's a huge fight for Corey because, like you said, I mean, if you lose this fight, then you are in Dan Hooker territory because now you're falling down to becoming maybe the top-10 gatekeeper. But coming off two straight losses, I mean, those guys are one and two right now. So, I mean, you know, it's he's he's in – this is a huge fight for him. It's one of them fights where he's ranked number five right now, I think. And if he if he loses, he ends up nine. And if he wins, he can end up three. It's just one of them deals where if he wins, then it's like, okay, so TJ really is just that good. And Jan really is just that good. And Corey's right there with him. But if he loses, it's like, oh, they just exposed Corey. That's what happened. Yeah, they uh, – Corey got a highlight reel knockout over Frankie Edgar and ended up with a title shot over it. <laughs> he lost to uh, Aljo uh, back in, you know, beginning in 2020. Uh, Aljo just slammed him down. It was all over. It just lights out real quick for him. So he's fought the top three guys that, you know, the the former champ, the champ, and, uh, you know, the guy who's fighting for the belt, three of his last five fights. So it's not like he's taking bums here. This is a, like I think this is the biggest test, obviously, we said for a song. And it's going to be a test for Corey. I'm excited for this fight. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably – I think it's at the stupid apex. So, uh, you know, the 20 fans will be able to enjoy it in the apex. Yeah. Dang it. How do you put that? For, I, we know what? We didn't got the time. I ain't, you know what? It's it's Sunday morning. I'm not even, you know what? I, Nate Diaz won. I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep my blood pressure low. Hey, hey, vibes, you know? vibes. <laughs> uh, boys. So was, let's, let's kind of wrap, put a bow on the 279 here before we get out of here. Um, what was your kind of thoughts here? I was Kenny was the, this fight card better than what was originally predicted, even with all the craziness, Kind of give me a grade here uh, as as far as this fight card's concerned. Give you a grade, C minus. I mean, the fights we wanted to see. Did the fights that end up getting made were they better for the card? Were they better stylistically? Maybe, but I didn't want to see them more. No matter what, I wanted to see Shamaya fight Nate Diaz on anybody else. You know, that's just. I think that Tony probably took a much easier loss against Nate than he would have against Leach. So, I mean, I guess that kind of worked out too. But at the end of the day, you're trying to sell a UFC 279, the car that changed literally, what, 13 hours before the thing was supposed to go. So it's hard to give it a very high grade. I think some of the fights maybe ended up a little better than people kind of thought they would. But you got, what, would you say eight fighters miss weight? Yeah. The uh, top three cards on the – or fights on the card all got rearranged. You can't give that card a high grade. Um, as far as what I took away from it, nothing is from, from the from the main card. To be completely honest, it's kind of everything we already knew, everything we knew going into it. It's all still just chalk. What I took away from it was from the prelims. I don't know if you guys watched the prelims, but Jonathan Almeida might be the baddest dude in the world. That's two hundred and five pounds, and he's kind of in between weight classes. He fought at two twenty yesterday to catch weight, and he said he wants to stay at heavyweight, but he's a very very small heavyweight. If he makes that cut down to 205, that's a dude that can make a huge run here in the next year. Craig, you got any uh, – what's kind of your grade here on UFC 279? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm kind of with Kenny. I think you can give it – I'm going to give it a C plus um, just because of the ending. To me, it was kind of like one of those movies that, uh, you know, the movie wasn't really that great. 
but then it was a happy ending and I loved the way it ended because Nate came out on top. So um, at the end of the day, that's kind of what I wanted to see. I definitely would have loved to see um, Chamayev get tested a little bit more on the ground and Nate Diaz for sure would have done that. Um, I mean, the, the leech Dero fight, I mean, could have been more exciting. The Chamayev Holland fight definitely could have been more exciting, but I was happy that we got Nate and Tony at the end and Nate came out on top. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, whenever this this many guys miss weight and this many fights get rearranged, you can't give it too high of a grade. Um, but with with us getting Nate and Tony at the end um, and Nate going out on top, I mean, I'll give it I'll, I'll even give it a B minus. I'll, I'll go I'll go to B minus. But that's as high as you can go. Yeah, I, you, Craig, you alluded to it like a movie had a nice little intro uh, into the movie. The middle kind of sucked. Uh, and then we got the big happy ending at the end. Uh, you know, with Nate Diaz winning, gets the walk off uh, and kind of flip like we talked all week, flipping the birds to Dana. Now, it would have been great if he fought Hamza and won. Uh, I would have loved to see that press conference more and that uh, post fight interview more just because, you know, they sent the this so-called killer to send in to kill the killer. You know, and- if, if Nate would have beat Chemayev and they handed him the mic, he had to say, like, I'm not surprised. MFers, right? <laughs> like, that's what you got to say at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chris Barnett had a nice, uh, a nice post, uh, post interview fight. I mean, him and Jake Collier, that was a nice little fun fight. Uh, this, the card was pretty good. Kenny alluded to, uh, the other pre nice prelim fight. I kind of give it a B, B that's, you know, as, so like, as I, as the card itself and just a week in itself, if I grade the whole week, I love it. Right. Like to me, it's like an A. I love the madness, the crazy. You guys know me. I'm into the the drama, the storylines. It's part of why I love the UFC. Like we talked about it yesterday, Craig. That's the oh, this is the only sport where you take you train for a whole guy. And in the last two minutes, tw- less than 24 hours. Oh, by the way, you got to fight this guy because this happened. And now you're fighting this guy. Will you do that? Like it's the only sport that this happens in. You know, that could never happen in tennis or anything else like that. It would just be like, hey, we're not doing it today. Uh, you know, but that's not the only other thing. The only other thing Dana could have done was just had all three of the top fights like mystery and the fans don't know until they start walking out. And then it's, I mean, it, then it's hundred percent WWE, you know, I remember when they would used to go to Vegas and WWE and they'd spin the wheel and see what match it was. That's exactly what they could have done with, uh, those three fights. Just, they just spin the wheel. This guy's fighting this guy and it's going to be a casket match. <laughs> That's exactly what could have been, uh, you know, it, last night. I'm going to give it a C minus C uh, just because the week was absolutely insane. Uh, it's it's going to be a rememberable week. I think in, you know, a short media time. I know we just kind of go on and on, but it's one of them fight fight weeks where I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember UFC 279 uh, because of all the madness that happened. And, you know, it also being Nate Diaz's last fight. No, same. I mean, all that chaos, it's going to be – it definitely made it a little better as far as the, the dramatics to it, but I'm not the WWE guy like you are. I just want to see the best dudes fight the best dudes. I don't need a bunch of fake made-up storylines over some half nonsense and then Chemayev's camp coming out saying that he kicked Holland in the chest and then you see the video and that's not even close to what happened. And I, I don't really necessarily need all that. If you're going to give me all that, then, then just still give me the best dudes fighting the best dudes and then try to find some way to add that on top of it. <laughs> 
I mean, it, I, I think all of that kind of helped this card specifically, um, just because the card was a little bit weak. Yeah, well, um, Dana made a good card to begin with. He didn't need all this drama in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I think as a whole, we maybe got screwed a little bit as fans on the card. But at the end of the day, like I said, man, the ending of the movie being Nate and Tony with Nate going on top to me was a lot better than seeing Nate take a beating out there from Chemayev and having to watch Chemayev, um, you know, send Nate out that way, man. It was, it was just nice to see Nate and Tony go out Two old vets, tons of respect for each other out there. And I mean, to me, the ending, the ending made it better. You know, we alluded to it, boys. You guys alluded to it. And I alluded at the top of the show that the fight gods looked out for Nate Diaz. And the fight gods looked out for me. You two jabronis tried to make me put this belt on the line yesterday. And I said no. But I still, anytime, any place like that night, great Nate Diaz, I put it on the line. I won. That's right. The fight fans. The fight gods sticking with your boy, Bodkins. This is two pay-per-view in a row. I walk away with a perfect record. That's right. Stand still, baby. Me and no Nate justice. Diaz. No justice. Leach, Leach had to get screwed so you could cheat to get that belt. Hey. You were scared to put it on the line. I'm not getting down with it. That's, that's how the fight gods work, baby. They knew, hey, Bodkins is getting screwed over. We're not going to let Bodkins get screwed over anymore. He's been getting screwed by these two jabronis. And now he gets to be and still champ. Next pay-per-view, UFC 280. I'm still walking away with the pick'em belt, baby. Hey, listen up. Do not compare yourself to Nate Diaz. Nobody <laughs> had to threaten Nate Diaz to take that fight. Me and Craig had to threaten to come over to your house and take that belt ourselves for you to put it on the line. Anytime, any place, just like Nate. Just as long as you can pay the judges off to start screwing people over, huh? Are right, you gonna try to find a way? You're gonna try to find a way to pull out a 280 somehow. Hey, that's what great that's what great champs do. Hey, you fight the what's what's Chell Sonnen say? Hey, you fight the pick the lowest guy on the card in the highest payday, baby. Any way I can get it. All right, boys. Uh, this kind of kind of puts a little bow tie on our episode of uh, post show of UFC 279. Kenny, you got any uh, last final thoughts before we get up out of here? No, nah, man, just ready to see what what uh, UFC kind of does with the the potential fights that are that can be lined up. I'm kind of ready to see some of them kind of shake out. We've seen Poirier and Chandler shake out uh, and get finalized. I'm really ready to kind of see the way the end of the year is going to shape up here. Craig, any last and final thoughts? Um, no, not really, boys. Uh, next pay per view is a banger. So next uh, time we're doing a uh, pre show, post show, man, it's it's going to be a good one. And next, uh, that thanks, Craig. It is going to be a banger. There was no pickums uh, as far as ESPN because the card got all shifted. I looked yesterday. We'll be back with that as long as the no craziness madness happens on the next pay per view. We'll create a pickum for all our fans to join us and try to beat us as well as the reigning defending champ Bodkins continues to carry this belt uh, and make the correct picks, baby. Uh, speaking of bacon picks, we'll be back tonight. The three of us will be back tonight, 8.30 Central, breaking down NFL Week 1. Uh, please join us in the YouTube comment section. We'll be talking all the games uh, today, what happened on Thursday. Kenny and Craig talking a little fantasy. Uh, so we're excited to be bringing that 8.30 Central time zone tonight. Uh, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Share, Be a friend. Share with a friend. 
tell a friend. Also, Let's Talk Sports has got you covered all day, folks, for football. Uh, they have a pregame show, a pregame show, which I'll be on to- today, 10 o'clock Central Time Zone. They're covering you from every game at halftimes. We're going to have a different lineup every uh, for every game. There's going to be different people talking different things. Uh, so hit the subscribe button over there at Let's Talk Sports. Also, I got to shout out the my my girl who made the shirt, the Yellow Alley. Uh, the, hold, hold on. Now I've screwed up the name. There's a shocker. There's a shocker. Yellow Alley Design Co., uh, if you want a great Bodkin shirt, head over to the Yellow Alley Design Co. on Etsy or Facebook. Uh, my girl will hook you up with one. Uh, but uh, you see me rocking the Bodkin shirt. If you want my big ugly, wear my big ugly face uh, around, and uh, you know, I don't think too many people do. I don't even like wearing this big ugly face, but that big ugly face is better than this big ugly face. But uh, check out Yellow Alley Design Co. Uh, if you want to order a Bodkin shirt, please do do that. Help my girl out. Uh, Boys, it's been a great pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. I'll catch you both back here at 8.30 Central Time Zone, breaking down NFL Week 1. And we'll be back next Sunday, folks, for UFC talking our head kicks and haymakers song versus Sanhagen. I can't wait till next Sunday. I can't wait for that fight. Boys, it's been a great show. Kenny, hit the outro, baby. Oh, 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 oh,